you love to punish the chest. Do you like scary movies, Sydney? Do you have a TV? No. I just like to read the TV guide. Read the TV guide. Don't need a TV. There's no more room in hell. The dead walk here. Over 1,600 titles. Each for rent at just $2 the first night. And only... Brothers Podcast with your hosts Justin and Alec. Hello and welcome to the episode of number 24 of the Frog Brother Podcast. I'm your crazy zany wacko co-host Justin and with me is my esteemed colleague Mr. Eric Cameron West. Hey Alec, how are you? Same man. You got a joint on you? No, man. But I bet you do. Be a lot cooler if you did. I'll tell you what I do have. I have a cool, crisp, refreshing Royal Crown Cola. Established 1905. Me and my R.C. I don't know if they're going to send us... What they're going to send us first. Like a... Cease and desist, <laughs> or <laughs> or if it'll be more like a uh, restraining order. <laughs> It'd be interesting to find out. Or you could sponsor that blue us thing and send I got from money. her. Exactly. You don't want us exposing ourselves. As soon as we're in Kansas City, the uh, Kansas City Royals, I believe, have Pepsi bullshit at their stadium. They should fix that with Royal Crown Cola. I mean, the Royals have a crown for a logo. Royal Crown Cola, it's got a blue logo, some white on the can. There's a little bit of red in there, but they would be a much better beverage partner for the <laughs> Kansas City Royals establishment. I just got the best t-shirt idea for the Frog Brothers podcast. This needs to be it look like an old RC logo, but it'll say the Frog Brothers instead of RC. You need to make can... this happen. I can spoof the logo. Exactly. Should do a little bit of that for me. I want that. You want it. You need like it. the old time. You just want to believe it. It craves it. it can you believe we're already it. 24 episodes deep? Yeah, two more episodes and that's uh, half a year's worth. We've been doing one a week since April. That's pretty badass, man. We've been consistently consistent. <coughs> yeah, I mean, if uh, if it was a baby, it'd be like six months in, you know? Be premature at this point, but... Uh, I don't know if you know much about babies, but that's not exactly how they work. Now, a kitten or a puppy, on the other hand, six months in, that's uh, that's a whole other story. No, I'm saying a baby is premature at six months. Premature? Right. Oh, I thought you said that'd be pretty mature, and I was like, uh... <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty like, mature. I was like, six months old. See, I think you... I, saw, 
I thought you were talking six months post birth. <laughs> not no. Pre-birth. Not a premature child. <laughs> pre birth. Pre birth. eggs. A child. A child. Three minutes in and we're off the rails, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Frog Brothers Podcast. <laughs> we don't give a fuck what we do because we just like to entertain you. Pretty much. And ourselves. I'm smoking a blunt now. I'm sure you heard the lighter earlier, but, um, uh-huh. so, um, I did some, uh, shopping this week. Do you do some shopping this week? Uh, I bought some, uh, Ghostbusters flashlights at Spirit Halloween for the kids. Ghostbusters so flashlights? Cool. Yeah, Flash I bought Ghostbusters flashlight. Oh, yeah. I did no. buy a Ghostbusters flashlight also. So, would that be, um, if it was a flashlight, though, can I ask you a serious question? Would it be Gozer or would it be Dana or Janine? I bet they'd have a whole line of them. It'd be Vigo. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they make that type too. (laughs) They make the mouth and the butthole too. You might be wondering how people know that, but well, we have access to the internet, so that's how that goes. We also have access to online ordering. Same day delivery for Alex. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You can watch him use them in his OnlyFans. You know, you're living in a fucking dystopian society when you're lock, locked up at home for a pandemic, but you could still order a sex toy and have it delivered in a day. That you Priorities, can man. <laughs> Priorities. So, um, I also bought that uh, flashlight there, and I bought uh, a Halloween t-shirt they had with Michael Myers on it, and uh, Laurie Strode, and it says... Uh, a sitter's guide. Halloween safety. So nice. Uh, nice. I really didn't buy a whole lot of crazy stuff. I, I bought some groceries and essentials for a living and all that, and then I uh, bought the movie Bone Tomahawk and some other movies on digital. So oh, including nice, yeah. Idle Hands and Final Destination and several other fine feature films. I uh, bought Up in the Air since you had mentioned that last week, so I need to watch that this week in my downtime. We should do, um, yeah, we'll do that in November when we do, uh, we're going to do Congo and Up in the Air in November at least. Yeah, but we're in spooky season, kids. It's spooky season For right sure. now. We had some cool weather up here last week. Yeah, did you hear our spooky new theme, too? It's just going to last for this uh, spooky season, but uh, I think I did a good job with it. <laughs> I mean, hell yeah. So spooky season is upon us, so we're talking spooky movies. And some other normal stuff here as well. So, uh, do you want to break us into the news here and tell us what's uh, new in the news? Well, I also, for those of you, like the one or two people who saw, I went on live on Facebook today. And <laughs> the first time I went, I had to fin, I had to like go unlive. I had to end the video early because, uh, the camera angle was messing up because I had to turn off the Wi Fi on my phone because the internet is so bad where I live that. My phone streams better without Wi-Fi connection. So, uh, there were no interruptions after I reconnected, but less people were watching. But I did open Goldar from the Power Rangers Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Lightning Collection from Hasbro. That was pretty sick. Yeah, I did check that out after work. Saw it, liked it. It's pretty good. Fun stuff. Yep, I got those... uh, Back to the Future uh, Micro Machines, finally. And oh, I yeah, found that uh, 
that Jada diecast uh, uh, mystery machine from Scooby Doo, so that was pretty sick. So you got some new goodies, but nothing too crazy since you are relocating to the city. Okay. Yeah, so it looks like we'll only be doing one more phone podcast, at least for the time being, so... One more be remote cool. podcast before we start doing live and in person. Expect more videos and more shenanigans in person because, well, uh, Alex's internet's been so bad that he can't even upload anything to YouTube. Every time he tries to, it just fails, and it's like, uh, well, it's the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over, expecting different results, so... Oh, yeah. So, I the last thing I bought was a, a DVD of the Scooby-Doo New Movies Collection, which is the 70s movie series of Scooby-Doo shows, like longer episodes. And uh, that's the one where they have almost, they not almost, but they always have guest stars. So there's Don Knotts, the Three Stooges, the Harlem Globetrotters, the Batman ones, those episodes and stuff. So I watched a few of those this afternoon. It was quite nice. Very nice. But uh, the biggest news for me might be that Dune trailer, I guess. I know a lot of people aren't necessarily into it. You remember last week how I told you it looked like the new... It reminded me of the new Blade Runner? Yeah. It's because it's the same director. Uh, okay. Which, honestly, is about the wisest choice <laughs> you could make, I feel. So... I mean, um, I, haven't, I haven't seen the original Dune movie that I can recall. I mean, I know it's like a staple there for some people. It's just one of those things that uh, I never got around to. So I'll have so, to check that out to compare and then probably read the story as well. Um, yeah, the book, there's, there's like nine books, I want to say, or something. There's a miniseries, but the David Lynch movie is the original. And there's a trailer comparison video out that shows clips from the original movie matched up with the exact scene that it, they, it is from the original movie, you know. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. I, everybody was, did that everybody with a lot was, of the It stuff as well, so... Same yeah, everybody was thinking this was going to be wildly different than that one, though. But it's not. Um, there's obviously going to be some more differences. It's supposed to be more loyal to the book series and stuff. Um, but, you know, it's it's like Dune. The original Dune series was... The book series was a huge influence on stuff like Star Wars, like that desert planet, you know, yeah. is Tatooine. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I could, it's, I could it's see where they're a taking lot of that from. S- yeah, a lot of that stuff, because it's like an older sci-fi book. I think it was written in the 50s or 60s, I want to say. Not 100% on that, but I do have it on VHS and Blu-ray, so we will have to sit down and watch that sometime. It'd be good to do later on. Yeah, uh, I'm in. That's all I've seen for news recently that I've been super into, as far as I know. What have you uh, seen? Oh, uh, other so, than Camp Cretaceous coming up. but Yeah, Camp Cretaceous is getting ready to launch. Um, the movie Freaky, I think, is called, is coming out. And so instead of Freaky Friday or something like that, it's basically a similar take on Freaky Friday, except it's a serial killer and Vince Vaughn's in it. So, like, that looks kind of entertaining. It's Blumhouse or Blumhouse, whatever you want to say. And uh, that should be... I'm curious to see that, right? I think uh, Vince Vaughn can be pretty interesting in some of those types of roles, so looking forward to something that I, I hope it's just kind of really silly um, in that regard, right? Silly with some f- you know fun gore in there and stuff, so I hope they don't try to take it too serious. So I guess we'll just kind of see how that one comes out. Yeah, so. um, the thing is about that movie, 
I feel like they're setting a trend with this. They're, they might start doing this a lot with these horror movies from Blumhouse. Depends on if they if they make a third one that go, follows the same formula. I'm just gonna be like, yep, it's happening. And by the formula, I mean, let's take an old beloved comedy movie, turn it into a horror movie, take a twist on it. Which is what they did with Happy Death Day. They're like, all right, let's take Groundhog Day, the concept of that, turn it into a horror movie. And this is the same filmmakers. I don't know if it's the same directors or writers, but it's the same people involved, at least the same producer and studio. Yeah. Um, So that's the only thing that makes me weary about it. The fact that they even call it freaky is like, hey, we're referencing this clearly. Um, well, I'm just excited trailer, more, though, so. more or less for Vince Vaughn because, I'm, you know, he's he's done some good roles. He's pretty fun. Um, he was in the Psycho remake, which, you know, that was a very interesting... I don't even know why you call that a, you know, a remake so much as a reshoot. Because they basically yeah. did a... You know, they followed the original shooting script, basically, is what they did. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah. there's there's a few things that were a little more intense and graphic in the new version, but for the most part, it was just a shot-for-shot remake, which... It's pretty strange to do, but, you know, he, he can play some pretty dynamic characters, so he does the funny stuff, and he also does some more serious roles, so... I'm, uh, I'm still a firm believer that he should come back, and I would love to see his character back in the Jurassic, you know, environment. Oh, yeah. Universe. I always liked Nick Van Owen. He was underrated. I know well, that the way they wrote him, kind of, he, he, he kind of, like, fucks some shit up. They fucked his character up a little bit, I think, but overall, that was one of my favorite parts of Lost World, is yeah, was his character when I was a kid, and that was before, you know, I was I knew who Vince Vaughn was. He wasn't famous for comedy when he did that. Yeah, I mean, he could wind up being in, in the new movie. I, I don't know if that's a thing or not, but... I don't think they will, because I think they're trying to focus on what they have. Yeah, but they are doing some Site B stuff on there, so that we might... We, might get some Easter eggs or something or a reference to him, maybe. So that could be interesting. Right. At least a well, nod, as far a hat as tip. I wouldn't mind seeing them bring back Nick Van Owen. Uh, Ian Malcolm's daughter, I would see being interesting. And, and uh, I mean, hell, even the kids from the first movie, at least those characters. And Eric from the third movie would be interesting also. Um, yeah, we'll see what they wind up doing. I mean, because if I they... don't mean in this, I don't mean in Dominion. I just mean in the future. Oh yeah, because no. In Dominion, th- th- I think they have their plate full enough that I'm happy where it's at. Just seeing those three original characters return with the other ones. So yeah, and I don't think you know that's too big of a brand to not carry it on in some other way. So I mean, I know it might get tired. You know, like kind of six movies in, <laughs> you're like, okay, what do you really do? Because I mean, when you look at them. The well, first. if they go a Planet of the Apes way is what they should do if they're going to continue with this franchise and not reboot it or something. And uh, I don't necessarily mean that in a, like, the original Planet of the Apes. I mean more like the newer Planet of the Apes where you kind of slowly... Like, I see Dominion being very much like uh, the movie, the the newest one that came out. Not the newest one, but the first one in the newest trilogy, you know? Yeah, with Jack yeah, Franco. Yeah, where you see, see a lot of them. About, yeah, where you like, see the, the change starts. Yeah, and you don't see 
the real effects of it like thousand years of years later or anything like Planet of the Apes where, well, you know, I'm not saying you see talking dinosaurs or anything stupid. I don't want to see that. I'm just saying like where dinosaurs have kind of like taken over regions or areas and certain shit and it's like a, it's a different world. Yeah, no, that could but, be, that could be interesting. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what the future will hold with that, but they're going to have to do something to keep it entertaining, but it's such a big property and brand now that they're going to do something with it, and I guess we'll probably see how Camp Cretaceous does to kind of cover what else they might do. But there's still a lot of groundwork in between these things that they could cover and some other stuff, so um, I, I think there's a lot of possibilities with it. But, I mean, when you look at the first five movies so far, really four of them take place on the island. Only two of them have some decent sequences as off-island, like, right, you have the San Diego Jurassic Park final act of the lost world but you know then you I'm know fully with, uh, yeah because know, so you, of that i'm fully i fully support that lost world is better than jurassic park 3 and i know jurassic park 3 has this like resurgence of popularity right now but <clears throat> i like jurassic park 3 i still like it better than jurassic world and jurassic uh world fallen kingdom the only My thing order in jurassic for park those movies that I is literally the release order so go ahead I was going to say, yeah, I mean, Jurassic Park 3, I like less than Jurassic World. Um, mostly because, like, the only thing that was, like, really good in Jurassic Park 3 was all shit that was scrapped from the first two books that they're, like, they didn't get to put in the first two movies. So it was, Which like, honestly all the was, it, it was good stuff to put that in there, though. Yeah, but some of the stuff around <clears> it, though, wasn't amazing. So, like, that's kind of what was, like, what? Well, I like. Example, everybody always brings up the pterodactyl cage or whatever, or the pterodon. I'm not sure what they are even. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also that boat scene. The only thing that's really dumb about that movie, I don't like that ringtone shit. That thing's kind of dumb. Yeah, it's that, kind of mild. It's entertaining when you see it for the first time or when you're young, because I was really young when I saw it, so I laughed at that and thought it was funny and hilarious. But Well, to me, that just fucking ages the movie so bad now when I watch that. Oh, yeah. And, like, but, Jurassic Park and The Lost World, like, you know, they've aged very well for the most part, right? Just as far as, like, you being in the moment and in the movie and enjoying it. You're not like, oh, this looks so, like, extremely crazy outdated. Like, right when you look at computers and stuff, it does. But with cell mm-hmm. phone technology, like, that ringtone was, like, such the just the generic ringtone of an era that it was like, oh. Yeah. Like, to me, it's I, like um, the worst of the 90s, just, like, regurgitating that entire fucking movie, and you're like, please stop. Another thing about uh, The Lost World that people complain about is that, like, Ian Malcolm's not the same character at all. All right, well, I mean, he went through a pretty fucking traumatic experience. I wouldn't expect him to be the same. He His beliefs were, <clears throat> you know, if anything exacerbated exacerbated so that you know he, he believes things that he did in the first movie even more i feel like you know how he's like you're wielding it like a fucking kid with his gun and shit yeah like his character <clears throat> evolution i get it right just him in general like he doesn't especially because repeat the same his character wo- right yeah his kids in that movie too so he's around his kid and his you know his love interest or whatever so he's acting different because of that too because he's he's he knows what he's seen some terrible shit happen he's like this is gonna fucking happen 
and yeah. I'm gonna have to deal with it happening to this woman I love and my kid. So he's just like immediately in a terrible fucking mood, and he's. I get it. I get his performance in that movie. So I don't think it's as bad as everyone else. Yeah, the only thing that they really missed at the mark on with that from the book, I would say, for Ian Malcolm's character in the second movie is just the the way he's portrayed, right? I mean, it's not the character change. It's more the physical attributes because in the book, you know, The Lost World, they talk a lot about how he had all those injuries from the first movie and how it took him to get over that and recover. So scenes where he's running and escaping dinosaurs, like... You know, he really has a struggle with that, and they make it a point to kind of discuss that and talk about it, and, you know, you don't ever see any of those physical ailments in the movie. So I think they missed the mark on that a little bit, but overall I'm pretty pleased with uh, Jeff Goldblum's performance there. But, yeah. We got off topic again. Hoo-ah! So we got an action-packed episode, so uh, what do you want to move along to? The fuck did you say? I said another man's garbage. Oh, sound like something off like a fucking dark crystal or the labyrinth. There, you sound just like a Muppet creature. (laughs) I was like, "What the hell are you? What the hell are you saying? You'll never make it through the labyrinth." Pretty much. So, Idle Hands. This is an amazing movie in so many ways. And, uh... Yes. It's aged very interestingly, right? Um, I used to enjoy this movie quite a bit in my younger years. Like, rewatching this now, it's like, I didn't hate it. But it wasn't... I wasn't, like, as entertained, as engaged as I used to be with it. So... Yeah. And that happens sometimes, right? There's sometimes you watch a movie and you remember it different than you see it again, and... Obviously, there's some movies that are better, and this one kind of goes down a little bit because it it's very much a sign of the times, but there's a lot of fun stuff in there that I remember, so uh, we'll get into it. So, um, the cast in this movie is pretty impressive for such a fucking, like, I mean, it's Columbia Pictures, but really, it, it feels like a fucking B-movie just shot with professional equipment. <laughs> If that yeah. makes sense, right? You know what I mean? Because it's so cheesy, so over the top. It just feels like it has everything about a good B-movie and like all the cheesiness to that, but it's it's well done. I mean, you got Fred Willard in there at the beginning, which is kind of fun seeing him start the show off. Um, mm-hmm. You've got Nick Sadler, who's uh, famously known for Twister in our universe. Um, <laughs> and then, obviously, Seth Green's Mick, Elda Henson's Peanut. And I was like, he looks so familiar. Yeah, it's because he's fucking Foggy Nelson and the Daredevil Netflix series. And um, um, did and you a lot mention of other Sean Whalen? Uh, I don't have him on my list here, but you know, obviously, just because Alba. he's in Twister. Oh, he is. Who's Nick? Who does that guy play? He plays one of the cops. He's the guy from Twister. I wrote down. Okay, well, the guy from Twister, Sean Whalen, the guy that's really geeky looking. Yeah. The cop? That's Sean Whalen. 
Oh, okay. Maybe I wrote down the wrong name. Maybe I wrote down the other officer's name. But yeah, he plays Kubrick and Twister. He's also in um, Jury Duty with Polly Shore. He plays like the murderer that's on trial. Oh, and he's also yeah, in, yeah. Um, He's in That Thing You Do as their number one fan. You know, the guy who's always asking about their shit and at their shows. Uh-huh. He's in a lot of 90s stuff. Good character actor. So I always recognize him, and I'm like, hey, it's that guy. Yeah. Plus, you know, Twister, obviously, so. Vivica A. Fox plays a character in this movie, which is, like, way underutilized. Like, to me, she was one of the more interesting parts of the movie. And I felt like she, she should have had a me lot of, more um, screen time. She felt like she was straight out of uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead. Yes, she did. And, like, to me, like, that was awesome. And, yeah, man, like, this movie feels like with a few changes, they could have made it in the same universe as Ash vs. Evil Dead. Um, but they do make a lot of in-joke references there and stuff as well, so it's it's pretty fun. And, of course, yeah. you can't forget the old Tom DeLonge from Blink-22's appearance, and he says a cameo on, you know, he's got a little cameo as a fast food worker. Um, yep. <laughs> there's a Blink-22 song that was on the soundtrack that wasn't actually in the movie, so that was interesting. That's funny. And they play a lot of songs in this movie that actually don't appear on the soundtrack. Because uh, after I watched it last night, I went ahead and eBayed the soundtrack just for shits and giggles. So, so <clears throat> um, one of my, f- my actually, I will just say it. My favorite line from this movie is uh, the interchange between uh, <clears throat> Devin Sawa and Eldon Henson. I can't remember. It's Anton and Peanubs, I guess names. He says, uh, actually, it might even be Seth Green. I don't remember at this point. But either way, he says, don't you watch the news? And uh, Anton says, I hate that fucking show. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And that, ain't that the truth in 2020? So, um, I wrote down a bunch of interesting notes from this. Obviously, the Tom DeLonge cameo was one of them. Um the same actor is the same hand actor for uh, the thing in Adam's family. Found that to be kind of interesting for his detached hand. Yeah, he did both the Adam's family movies, the uh, Adam's family and Adam's family values. So that's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, there's lots of weed jokes in this movie. Oh my god! But yeah, I, I love it at the end when he's like, "I need my spinach." Oh yeah, <laughs> and he brings a bong over to him. Yeah, they got a Mighty good name Joe for that bong. bong, too. Yeah, Mighty Joe Bong. Yeah, I was going to say, I wrote that down because that's like straight up a follow-up to like Half-Baked where they have clever bong names. You're like, oh, okay, all right. A very, got very that. much a sign of the times. You got like Rob Zombie's, uh, one of his most popular songs, Dragula, in there. Yep, and that was huge at the time, right? Um, what I did get a kick out of was when Anton wakes up the next morning after his parents are fucking murdered. Um He's just listening to headphones, like, immediately getting out of bed, and he's, like, listening to a cassette deck, which is funny, because, like, at the time, you figured he would have had a tape player, or not a tape player, but, like, a CD player, like, something like that, but he's listening to Blood Clot by Rancid to start it off with, and you're like, oh, all right, that's a good tune. Yeah. Um, The actual score sections, they're really, like, kind of industrial, badass-sounding shit. Really like that stuff, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the music they place in there, like, and clearly, like, since it's a stoner movie, too, but they want it to have the spooky Halloween vibes, they kind of mix in some punk, and then, you know, Sublime pops up several times and stuff, which is funny. Yeah, I was about to say that. About that Offspring stuff at the end, it's like, oh, man, 
the offspring when they're doing horror punk sounding shit is so listenable but other than that i can't stand them yeah like they, they re-recorded that stuff song. they did oh yeah. it's so good yeah the beheaded song yeah that's when they uh they they re-recorded their own song for the new movie because that was on one of their older albums and like it sounds like shit on there just because you know it was like super low budget at the time but the uh yeah. remake they did for that's good and then they covered the ramones um i want to be sedated so uh, yeah. You know, that was kind of entertaining there to have them in there. But my favorite part of that is just, like, seeing Dexter Holland getting his fucking scalp ripped off at the end. That's so funny. Yeah. The uh, gym that they shot that in is the same gym they shot uh, <clears throat> Buffy the Vampire Slayer and uh, Jawbreaker in. Oh, hell yeah. That's awesome. And we'll be talking Buffy later this month, or next month, rather, but... Uh, yeah. So the other thing There's, that they did that's clever in this movie, right? You know, they have the uh, the painting of the old farmers. It's like really popular. So they had yeah. like they had like a pumpkin display of them at the beginning of the movie, like where they didn't put out the uh, you know the lights. And Mrs. Tobias yells at Mr. Tobias when she goes looking for him, like you said you put the you know you said you blew the candles out. You could burn the house down. Blows the candles out, and then like when Anton's looking around the house later. The next day, he finds the fucking dead parents underneath the pumpkins in there, and I thought that was a pretty clever way to hide the parents' bodies in there because he's, like, just fucking clueless to it. Oh, yeah, it was sick. And then they have the um, cat eating the blood off the floor, right, just, like, licking it up. You're like, yeah, that's some that's some shit a cat would do. This movie really has really good vibes for me because I watched it when I was really young. This is yet another movie. Both of these movies tonight I watched at Nathan's house. Which, I don't know how many fucking movies I say that in front of, but goddamn, Nathan, if you're listening to this, thank you for the exposure of some of these movies that I could not get at home. It's not that you couldn't get them at home, it's just that I'd moved out by then, so... Uh, well, you hadn't moved out by then, but it's like, you weren't... I you know, this movie came out in the theater, the yeah. you were gonna go fucking see it with your adult friends. <clears throat> it took, you know, at one point... When you're able to start going out and shit, you don't hang out with your younger siblings when they're six years younger than you. So that's just what yeah. happens. <clears throat> so I had to find things on my own. Yeah, for a and long I traumatized time. you so good with uh, uh, Rumpelstiltskin that you probably didn't trust my taste in movies for a while after that. <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin and Child's Play Two, uh, specifically, and Child's Play Two. I also put a clip of that in our intro because of that. Hell yeah. So, continuing on, so what else sticks out to you about that movie? What else excites me about this movie? Yeah. What, uh, what All right, I'll tell on? you. The scene, you remember the scene when he pushes the dog out? Yeah. In front of him? Yes, he's fucking using the dog to protect him. That's amazing. Yeah, well, if you look down, the, job, the dog also has a job at a makeup counter in that scene. Really? Oh, yeah. That's fucking He has hilarious. a sizable erection. For a dog, anyway. Uh, so I'm that's glad pretty you noticed amusing. The red rocket. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh, hey, I've seen that before." <laughs> that's awkward. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's Maybelline. So uh, that was funny. That that got me excited for a minute because I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna write this down." Dog. I've never. I don't think I've ever really written the phrase "dog erection" down. So well, that was cool to write down. There's a first for everything in life. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to show this journal of movie ramblings to my therapist and say that it's like my manifesto. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You should just get that tattooed across your forehead. Dog erection. You look like you got some street cred that way. Like, don't fuck with that guy. That's fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we're already in weird territory, so when the going gets strange, the strange get weird. Pretty much. So I do like how uh, he cauterizes his wound after he chops the hand off, and he tries to use the bagel slicer. He's like, dude, that thing won't even cut my bagel. And then he just, like, fucking see the (laughs) blade get dented off, and then you have uh, P-Nub's mouth just fucking bite it. I love that his best friends are dead but come back to life and just are hanging out with him, right? You know, that's why in the sidekicks segment we did a couple episodes back, I was like, oh, yeah, man, like, those two fucking idiots in this movie are just there, like, going along. It's fun. Yeah, so another thing I love about this, like, you're talking about his friends, they're dead, right? Mm -hmm. The fact that how they make them come back to life when they're just like, no, we saw that life with them and we were like, fuck it or whatever. Yeah, we we saw the light and said, fuck it, yeah. And then uh, when they come back and he eventually duct tapes his head to him and he's eating the fucking burrito and shit and it's spilling out of his fucking throat. It's so nasty, but it's so hilarious. Oh, it's so well done, too, right? Because it's like, how do you make something gross out of that? But it perfectly fits the scene. Because I like how they take the, uh, you know, the barbecue fork, (laughs) basically stab the head on it, and then he shoves it down the the fucking body. And you're like, oh, man, (laughs) that's brutal. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up, but it's also hilarious. And I love how uh, Seth Green's character has that fucking bottle on his forehead the entire time. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. And then he's yelling at him from the grave like, Hey, man, come out here. We're not dead. I I think I must have just passed out. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and then the other thing that was kind of funny. So when he's with uh, Jessica Alba's character, Molly, when uh, Anton's with her, you know, and he, like, makes the move on her and, like, grabs her butt because the hand's possessed. And she's like, I never thought you'd have the balls to do that. And, like, she's all into it. And you're like, you're out there giving people the wrong hopes. Like, you can't just go around doing that bullshit. Um, I read that she was 17 when they filmed this. Yeah. Also. Yep. That's kind of weird. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that was one of her first larger roles, to be honest with you. Yeah. If you can call that a larger role. Hey, you don't need to be barking. The Dog Brothers Podcast. Yeah, and so the uh, Debbie Liqueur, which is funny because they make a liquor joke like, Debbie Liquor, she's like, it's liqueur. And then hmm. like you look up the spelling and it's actually spelled L-E-C-U-R-E. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then uh, I do like how, you know, They've got this whole scene at the dance. The whole scene at the dance is, like, pretty fun, right? Because it has vibes to, like, all the typical, like, prom scene dance movies and shit. You know, like, where there's, like, kind of a funny vibe going on in there. But yet, here they have the fucking punk band playing the whole time, like, playing silly stuff for Halloween. And, yeah, it was was entertaining. I get a kick out of that. And then they, you know, they have Molly running around basically damn near naked after a while when she's strapped to the top of the car and you're like okay gotta have the sex appeal in there right you know there's always those tropes that they just do in like movies like okay so here's here's we're gonna have some titillating stuff in a horror movie right you know they've pretty much make that sort of thing mandatory it has a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes oh yeah so uh, it is truly another man's garbage I know a lot of people like this movie has a big cult following oh yeah and it's 
It's probably like if you grew up watching that movie, you're going to like it a lot more just because, you know, you see the jokes and can relate to it a lot better. Like, if you were just a horror yep. fan when that came out, I, I don't know how well that would have stuck and landed with you. But for me, like, watching that at a young age, you're like, okay, that's kind of funny. To me, it was like around that era of American Pie where you just kind of get something a little sillier and like a horror movie take on like that teen comedy genre is kind of what this landed for me like. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, it definitely ranks way higher than American Pie for me. Oh, but yeah. Yeah, and I'm just I saying, like, for that general audience, American audience, Pie right? movie unless I was forced by gunpoint. <laughs> so, yeah, so it, you got that. that. You got that whole, like, just that style of movie at the time, right? So this kind of takes, like, what was popular and then just, you know, kind of takes it not too serious but makes it a little bit darker, so. Yeah. It was a good entry to the Devon Sawa double feature. Yes, it was. <clears throat> we'll eventually have to cover Night of the Living Twister. <laughs> Night of the Living Twister. <laughs> Night of the Living Twisters. That sounds like a Holy sci-fi shit. fucking channel movie. I think you just made Holy a new movie. Holy shit. We need to yes. pitch that. That's going to be We're pitched. We're writing that down. Yeah. Shark Tank. Yeah, that's going in the Shark Tank. Night of the Living Twister. <laughs> And he can Actually, fight his. He can that, fight his. That, I think we thing. already pitched that because that's like the exact concept for our Twister Two, where Bill Paxton and Carrie always come back from the death and battle each other as Twister ghosts. Night yeah, pretty much. But that's more supernatural. That's like a Ghostbusters crossover. True. And it takes place in Oklahoma. That could be a sequel. Well, to I mean, that movie. zombies are pretty supernatural. Yeah, that's true. That's but true. either way. Uh, that was Idle Hands. Yeah, I like how they just cut his hand off and like they don't ever explain more about that. And like, when you overanalyze any of this shit, clearly it's fiction. But you're like, I like how after they cauterize his hand, they go looking for a first aid kit. They're like, yeah, that's gonna get really infected. <laughs> like yeah. coming from a couple of fucking dead people, and then they wander off to go find a first aid kit at Peanut's house. I think. Yeah, I'm like, we can't go home. Like. We're dead. Like, your parents, and not everyone's got dead parents to not be at home. Right. So, pretty silly shit. You want to do the top five this week? Ooh, yeah. Let's get into the top five. 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 This is top five. This week. On top five, Bigfoot takes a big shit on himself and gets it caught in a fur. And it's got to take a bath. Oh, wait. That's not that's not top five. Hey, so top five this week, we talked about Halloween. I, just, I said Halloween tunes, man. So stuff I want to listen to around Halloween. You might hear it at a Halloween party. You might hear it on a Halloween mixtape. You might hear it on one of those fucking massly produced store like spooky songs for halloween so uh what's your number five bro montana number five for me is uh a pretty obscure one and at least in terms of mainstream culture but you know people will know this song uh bella lugosi's dead by bauhaus oh okay there you go one of the original goth classics. And uh, I love it. It's Sweet. a good song. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it. 
There you go. It's like eight minute, eight minute fucking song or some shit, but it's uh, really dark, cool, kind of goofy actually, pretty sick. Nice. What's your number five? Well, my number five is Ghostbusters, but not Ray Parker Jr.'s version of it. It's the Attaboy Skip version of it, which is basically like the third wave ska cover that was kind of popular in the 90s, early 2000s. Mm -hmm. It was around there, and they never got the mechanical license to do that, so they got in trouble for it for a while, so you had to bootleg it. But I think they finally paid for a mechanical license to have it available, because I think now you can like just stream it on like some of the streaming music platforms. So, um Attaboy Skip Man, like that's just a fun version of it. So like to me that's like a party version. And like when we talked briefly on the phone about this list earlier, it was like you know, there's always like a sound alike or a just like a really basic crappy cover on there cuz they don't want to pay like Ray Parker Jr. royalties to have it on there so they just do a cover and it's cheaper for the mechanical license to just pay someone else to do it. And there's so yeah. many versions of that that are just fucking absolute trash. So I had to pick a cover of it that was fun. That's something like you could hear that and not be like, oh, that makes me triggered. So I'll pick that version. So you're number nice. four. Number four is a punk band uh, called The Dead Kennedys and their song Halloween. Sweet. That's a good choice. I like the bass line in that song a lot. I like that song a lot. I like that album a lot. So, uh, I kind of like to have some more personalized taste on all my lists. I always have some classics as well, but something like this, it's a little more personal. I know a lot of people aren't probably listening to that, but a lot of punk fans probably are, so. Yeah, I mean, I could I could have easily just made a list of fucking five whore punk songs and been like, everyone else can fuck off if you don't know any of these bands, but... Uh, right, but this is it is a song called Halloween too. It's about yeah. that, so it's it's not just like a misfit song called Astro Zombies or whatever else. But yeah, that I makes think sense. The misfits are a little bit overrated, but hey, yeah. I mean, I, I get that right, but they're also accessible and easy to digest. So, and they do have some fun songs. Like they do have some stuff you're just like whatever. I mean, if you yeah. curate, if you curate like all the good stuff off all their albums, you'd have a, a pretty decent playlist. But they're not a band. I'm like, oh, I gotta buy every album and listen to every song on it. They're just not one of those type of punk bands for me. So, yeah, as far as the goth stuff goes, I'm more of Susie and the Banshees, Bauhaus, maybe some Joy Division if you consider that goth, The Damned, TSOL. Just never True really got into the Misfits like it. Exactly. All right, but, so my number four is Dance Macabre, uh, number 40, um, and that's that song, like, we used to listen to it in grade school, you know, you know. I think some people put the lyrics to it, like, H-A-L-L-O-W-W-E-N spells Halloween, and they had, like, the skeleton dance come out of it, right? Um, huh. But that's, like, a classic thing. I mean, to me, that's, like such a fun way to do it and it's like got a really good it's just a good song man like that always gets me in the spooky mood and like it's not you can listen to it in front of everybody right there's it's just it's just kind of one of those classics like to set that vibe like i imagine that's the kind of shit like edgar Allan poe would have been like god damn man this makes me want to fucking write this makes me want to write some badass shit you know it gets all fucking hyped up for it it gets hyped up to that music it remind me of a uh, song we used to sing at elementary school and choir or whatever uh, 
the fucking Igor song where it was like, yes, master, yes, master, yes, master, do the Igor. And it was fucking weird, and that's what you just reminded me of. And then I uh, blacked out for a minute, so <laughs> welcome back to me. Welcome back. So what's your number my three? Number th- my number three is called Nightmare on My Street by DJ Jazzy Jeffers and the Fresh Prince. Oh, fuck, son. This is a fucking total classic cheese ball song, and it's awesome and epic. It should be on everyone's Halloween playlist. You need yeah. a little uh, little cheese in there. Dude, that has a fucking epic music video, as I recall. Oh, yeah. I just watched it the other day. Hell when I yeah. made this list, I was like, I need to listen to this song while I'm writing this list now. Sweet. What do you got for number three? My number three is actually... Uh, so in 2016, the Misfits put out an EP just called Fr- uh, Friday the 13th. And they've got some songs on there. they got a Friday the 13th song, which is pretty good. But the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street song they have is pretty good. So, um, And hmm. the lyrics are fun on that. But it's just like Misfits. It's like... And the recording quality is good, right? If you go back to some old Misfits, like, you got to be a punk fan to appreciate that shit. You know, it's like if you're at a party and you play something that's, like, fucking super lo-fi that just sounds way out of place compared to everything else. Like, this, you know, this doesn't feel so out of place with everything else, but it's fun. You know, like, one of the lines is, uh, you know, the bastard son of a thousand maniacs. So they kind of get into the the folklore of Freddy Krueger and stuff on there, so... Get a kick out of that tune. I always listen to that starting around Halloween or on like Friday the Thirteenth itself. There's just four songs on there, so that's probably my my just my go-to tune because it's not like oh everyone's got a bunch of Nightmare on Elm Street songs they've written. So, <laughs> what's uh your number two? My number two is by Bobby Pickett. It is the classic Monster Mash. Hell yeah. We did the mash. We did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a a graveyard smash. smash. Anyway, yeah, that one's badass. Yeah, that's fun, man, because that's definitely like an old-style pop song, but the singing style, like over this, the regular rock pop song, like makes that, that's what makes that song work. And the sound exactly. effects and stuff at the beginning, yeah, it's classic. Love that tune. It feels like people. It's definitely a precursor to some some goth back in the day for you. <laughs> yep. So my next one's kind of controversial. My number two. Oh God. Mostly because the person's Does controversial. Suck? Does a person suck? No. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, there's rumors of that, but... Um, oh, God. It's, it's, by, it? it's by Wacko Jacko, and the song is Thriller. Oh. With the voiceover by Vincent Price. That song's fucking amazing. The music video for that is amazing. So we had some neighbors that lived up the street from us growing up, PJ and Ryan, and they were close to my age. One was a year older than me, one was a year younger than me, but I was friends with both of those brothers, and... They had the uh, music video to this, and it also had a making of behind the scenes video. So it was like an hour long VHS tape, so you could like watch them doing the makeup and talking about it and shooting the video, and then you could watch the video. And just fucking seeing that man, like that's always like a, such a great Halloween tune. 
Um, and I say controversial just because, you know, Michael Jackson, after everything there, it's like, he's one of those artists that's, like, just so mainstream, and there's, like, no, you know, people don't want to believe the allegations against him. Um, it's just kind of wild, so, you know, you're just like, that's it's that debate of separating the art from the artist, and, and can you do that, and... Uh, you know, for this song, like, I had to throw it on a list because it's, it's a fucking good song, and, you know, it's it's one of those things you'd heavily debate. Like, I mean, if you look at the whole album thriller, it's one of the best-selling <sighs> albums ever, but so much controversy on there, and I think a lot of people turn a blind eye to it. So, it's yeah, it's controversial in my mind just because of that. So Yeah, I'm also just... I'm fine with taking my, Michael Jackson off the table because I have Prince. I really just don't care. I way prefer Prince to Michael Jackson. Um... Michael Jackson's songs I've always found to be like I might I might like one out of ten, maybe two. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I'm I've just never been a huge fan, so it didn't make it on my list. I used to like this one a lot when I was younger, when I was yeah, first getting into music that wasn't punk music and shit. But yeah, see, I just don't for, care for it too much. Yeah, this days. is just I just have the nostalgia memory of watching the making of video of it and like that whole thing and how they make it kind of a short film. You know, because it's not just the music video. There's a little bit of story to it. And, like, to me, that whole thing sticks in my mind. So that's mm-hmm. why it's on my list. But, you know, I definitely understand why someone would, wouldn't have it on there if they didn't want it on there. You know, there's, like I said, there's some controversy around that you got to be aware of. So uh, what's your number one, then? Uh, well, it rhymes with Schmosbusters by Schmray Schmarkers Jr., It's the I, Ghostbusters I, 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 theme. I, mean, I have no idea. By Ray Parker Jr. Oh, okay. That's fair. That's just... It's the best. I don't have much else... I don't have an argument for it or anything. That's no, just, that's fine. That yeah, I mean, that's fine. But like I, you know, like I said, I, I picked a cover of that on there just because... There's always those times where you just go to a party and, like, they're playing the sound alike and they're not playing the real thing. So, like, if I'm not going to hear the real thing, I want to have one that I really enjoy. So, definitely see why that's number one. I'm thinking more like I'm making a song playlist, though. So, that's what I put on here. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, you know, this is all Because otherwise, you know, everybody else is... Everybody else is going to have some... Some of that, uh... Fucking superstition by fucking Steve... (laughs) You know... Stevie Wonder, and then they're gonna have uh, what uh, Werewolves of London by Warren Zevon and shit like that, and I'm like, yeah. yeah, I can see that, but I'm good. Yep. So my uh, my number one is Boris Pickett, Monster Mash. So I mean, you already covered it. We talked about it, man. But that's just uh, yeah. To me, that's just such a fun song. Um, and it's so old school, right? You know, it kind of, I just immediately have visions of like monster movies, like the old school universal monster movies, like playing in the background when I hear that tune, like, right. Um, just love that version of it. It's great. Yeah. And then the Misfits have an interesting cover of it too, which, you know, they kind of make it punk rock, but it, it just feels like any punk band that covered it would have done it the same way they did. So it's not really Isn't anything that the special. Album? Is that the is that the album where they did a bunch of 50s songs? 
Yeah, that's on that album. I think that came out in like 2003, like right when they started playing together again. Because I think that's shit. That was probably the when I saw him at Warp Tour one year. So, hmm. yep, good stuff. But no, definitely the Monster um, Mash badass tune. So, what uh, what are your top five uh, Halloween tunes? Like, if you could throw five songs at somebody, or you're gonna make a Halloween mixtape or playlist? Did here's, you play here's at an a ad- party? Address. I should apologize for not having um, Time Warp from Rocky Horror Picture Show on my list. Oh, but it's not on my list it. because it's not... Ex- no, I, I, it's it's on my honorable mentions, and it's not on my list because it's... The con- the point of the song is not anything horror-themed, you know? But it is a good Halloween party song. It is one of the best you could possibly play at a Halloween party. Yeah. Um, somebody's Watching Me, uh, Rockwell... The specials, Ghost Town, I would also play those, so. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I get it. There's there's a lot of stuff you could put on there, but what would you guys put on there? Just hit us up on at Frog Rose Podcast on social media and let us know what your uh, top five Halloween tunes are. Like, yeah. for me, I would also put on, there's a band that I uh, played a show with once called Anti-Anti. They're a Florida band, but... They had a song called Slumber Party Massacre, um, and that's a tune I definitely like as well. You know, it's kind of about oh, yeah, Slumber about Party Massacre. Movies. Yeah, and it's a you really fun those? song. Yeah, yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen at least the very first one. I know they made several of them, so. Um, but to me, that's just a I remember fun. that. Slumber Party Massacre. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I fun. I that on a like, CD you copied for me. Yeah, it's like pop punk. With just more of a punk edge, right? You know, like that that kind of yeah, style it's a little there. harder than punk. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, kind of in between, like pop punk. You know, because the vocals aren't sp- you know quite as smooth and stuff, and definitely a fun uh, fun tune there. I enjoy yeah. that one. Speaking of punk music, you know, what I was listening to the other day. What's that? The first time in a long time, Gaslight Anthem. Haven't oh, really? To them in a while. So I put on that old '59 sound the other day. Yeah, like the longer they've been around, like I listened to them until they basically broke up. And then, yeah, when I revisit, I usually go back to everything through the 59 sound, like Senior and the Queen and and some of the older tunes. Like there's some stuff on there I really like, but some of the other stuff is like, um, I feel like I could... I never really got past much that first album, because I switched into other gears, but... There's probably... I do like 59 sound a lot. There's probably one really good albums worth of tunes or like a playlist for me to make out of their stuff but yeah um they definitely had the the vibe on there like the that album the 59 sound definitely had the vibe of some of that old school um i don't know i'd almost say that's kind of like a fall album because that kind of gives you like the fall vibes and that kind of chill especially with like the reverb and stuff on the vocals and just the way it sounds mm-hmm kind yeah. of leading you into spooky season you know i could i could see that being a an interesting way to lead you into there so i also almost put um some reggie in the full effect on here because of uh just the music video for the one song when he's all the monsters for uh, i think it's j train oh yeah but i didn't put it on there but that would be a good pretty good halloween party song which yeah i mean if you were to make a you and that would be a whole other list would be like your top five music videos to put on a playlist right yeah um um speaking of reggie in the full effect i think that uh 
the, what we were just talking about kind of reminded me of what we were talking about last night, which was, or maybe it was last night. We were talking about man-eating toaster, which is a possible band idea we're going to do. Yep. But uh, I definitely think that what we were just talking about, kind of like an edgier pop-punk sound, but that doesn't lean strictly on guitar, bass, and drum formats and regular structures and shit. Yeah, because you've got an ass load of fucking badass sense that we can like layer in there instead of guitars or instead of bass in certain spots so there's a exactly. real way a real way to like do some something that's feels kind of fresh within those genres right taking those things you love and like replacing certain elements so yep i always really liked what new order did with their uh bass lines they had a way of peter hook had a way of writing where he would write a bass guitar line like the simple lower notes and then uh, Bernard Summer or can't remember Stephen Morris's wife's name, Galipsy. She uh, would program the bass line, that one, on the synth. And then he would basically write like a more harmonic or melodic part to play on top of that with the actual bass guitar, like on the higher strings and shit, so you could hear it a lot better. And it was cool the way those always sound together. Yeah, you know, their stuff is unique in that way, right? So there's a lot of opportunity for that. But expect expect the Frog Brothers to grow and expand once we are in person regularly. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to chat about that real quick. But we'll move on because we got some more shit to talk about. We got a lot of shit left. Let's go to retro release reviews. Talk some more Devin Sawa. Devin Sawa? Devon Sawa, it's Devon Sawa in the room. You know what I just watched? Me pulling a can off some moron steps. Return of the Jedi. Did you see Alien? When that uh, creature was in that guy's stomach? Oh my god. Oh my god. You ever seen that really old movie? Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony. Welcome to Retro Release Review. Retro Release Reviews. Brought to you by A Swift Kick in the Nuts. Sponsored by. I hate your guts. Um, Sponsored by RC Cola. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Hey, so this is Final Destination. And uh, fun fact, I know we've talked about this before, but I don't know if the general audience knows that. Um, the writer for this movie was trying to uh, get into Hollywood like as a script writer in, in certain aspects right there. So he wrote this as a spec script for The X-Files. And yep. They liked it well enough that they decided to expand it into a feature-length film and uh, turned into Final Destination, which after... It also has... It also has ties to a real plane crash incident with a real French class that died on it, as well as um, a Twilight Zone episode where a woman wakes up from a dream and shit in her dream starts happening, including a plane exploding after takeoff. Yeah, there's a lot of references in there, so um, it's always cool to see like how people take influences and like try to make them fresh again, which right now everyone's just trying to reboot every movie that they ever saw that they liked by reusing the same title instead of doing like what this did and did something kind of fresh at the time, which was take what its influence, influences were, come up with a new concept. Now it spawned four of its own sequels. Um, but you just don't. We're just not seeing the same freshness in mainstream only movies four? at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Now that's not to say that TV isn't much fresher, right? Because I mean, if you look at what Black Mirror's done, in contrast 
or in response to like it being a modern version of the Twilight Zone to some degree, despite the Twilight Zone making a comeback, which I haven't seen any of that because CBS has a paywall up on it, and I'm not fucking paying for anything extra CBS. They're not really... I have really heard it's anything awesome, special. Though. Yeah, and I saw the <clears> box. <throat> I saw the season one uh, on DVD at the store the other day next to the complete original series. Ooh. But I haven't heard I like enough good things original. about it for make to make me either subscribe to CBS All Access for a month or... Because let's face it, that's one of those services that if I subscribed, it would be one month, write down a list of shit I want to watch and get through it and then fucking unsubscribe because they don't have yeah. enough to really keep you engaged on there. But um, obviously Devin Saw was in this. You have Ali Larder, Sean William Scott, and uh, the legendary Tony Todd. So... Oh, yeah, fucking Candyman, hell yeah. Yeah, his character is actually... in the Night of Living Dead remake. Yep, so his character, and I've never seen... I don't know if I've ever seen any of the other sequels to uh, Final Destination, but I guess I his... have two and three, and they are worth watching. Okay, so this guy's... The other ones aren't impressionable on me, so... Okay, so Tony Todd was also in number two and number five, from what I recall reading about. Yes, and Ali Larder makes an appearance in the second movie as well. Yeah, that's what I heard, so. That one's worth watching for sure. It's actually arguably the death, like the whole sequence at the beginning is more famous because it's like a car accident with logs falling off and hitting other cars and shit on the highway and shit. Yeah, you always see the memes about that. Everyone's like, every time I see this, I think this, right, or whatever. So there's, yeah, that's uh, inspired meme culture for sure. Yeah, so. But we're talking the first one here, and um, I like all the John Denver songs and references in this. It just reminds me of the time that I flew on a really small airplane, and oh, Justin yeah. would uh, sing, Ooh-wee-ooh, I died just like Buddy Holly. I know, that was such an asshole, because Alec was a little hesitant about flights. I've never worried about flights. It's like... It's like an It was a smaller day. plane, though, too. There were no jet engines. It had propellers, and I could see out the front. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've flown on a flight like that once or twice, so, I mean, whatever. But, uh, yeah, so oh, I'd be yeah. like, ooh, yeah, whatever. Ooh, I, I died just like Buddy Holly. And, uh, yeah, I used to torture. That's <laughs> right, boys. It's Dr. Frankman. <laughs> <sighs> so, they'd used real news footage of uh, the TWA Flight 800, which crashed in 1996. July 17th. That's the one that had the French class on it that actually did die and shit because the fucking plane exploded. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of time. Another cool thing throughout this movie is there's lots of references through uh, to the numbers 180 because that's flight 180. And then also uh, Alex's birthday is uh, September 25th, which if we're looking at a calendar, we're not too far off from that date. But, uh, there's a lot of 925 and combinations of that throughout the movie, too. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and I feel like that original movie wouldn't have been made after 9-11. Um, you know, when it just, well, this come out in 2000, so it would have shot in 99, probably. So I feel like, you know, that kind of changed the culture on that for a little bit. Like, I, I mean, I could see it coming out now, but just like within the first couple of years after that, I could have seen that as something that would have been shelved had it not been released in what it was. Yeah. 
or at least delayed for sure a few years or something yeah um, and it's uh it's a fun movie like right away they start foreshadowing what's going to happen he, you know he's like talking to his son and he's like the dad's there and he's basically like hey you got your whole life ahead of you so the dad says that to alex so all right it's some funny shit Oh, yeah, the fashion in this movie is very Oh, yeah, I was going to say, like, that was my next line, was, like, the fashion in this, because, like, the bowling shirt and, like, khaki pants that Alex is wearing at the airport is, like, fucking... It just, was like looking at an old picture of you in middle school. Pretty much, yeah, I was going to say. It felt like fucking junior high, so... I was about to say, you weren't quite wearing that shit anymore in high school, but there was a time... <laughs> yeah. There's a time fresh. <laughs> there is a time I looked like an asshole, and it's arguably I still do. So <laughs> depends yeah, on I who mean, you are. I feel like ten years from now, you'll always look back and be like, "Man, what the fuck was I thinking?" Always. Eh. I mean, eh. Eh. In junior high eh. and high school, that's really when you're like, yeah, "I don't really fucking have any," you know. I mean, the biggest change in my clothing style in like the last fifteen years has been like. I used to go You're from fatter. wearing exclusively like band t-shirts to now it's just mostly like pop culture t-shirts and that's mostly because uh, I just don't get out to concerts as much as I used to which is a little heartbreaking yeah. at times but you know there's other stuff going on so uh, definitely need to get more back into music once uh, the future arrives yeah there's a Nine Inch Nails song in this yeah, there's some interesting tunes in here, right? You know, it's you're not paying as close of attention to the music as this as you are, and like sit and like idle hands. Like I was paying a lot of attention to the music in there in this movie. I wasn't. I was to that song because I could instantly recognize Trent Reznor and shit. So I was like, oh, this is a Final Destination uh, 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 soundtrack song because he says Final Destination in the lyrics. So yeah. Yeah, that's the one that you're like, oh, okay, something, yeah. Something else with the final destination. That's my Trent Reznor. So it's Devin pretty interesting, right? Because dies in his haircuts pretty lame. Because, you know, they show the, the death scenes twice in the beginning of this, right? Because, you know, Alex basically trades seats with his buddy. Or trade seats to go Todd. sit by his buddy so like those girls can sit there and his friend's pissed because he wanted to sit by one of these girls on the seven hour flight. But before that it was cracking me up. He's like Dude, you don't he's like, I'm gonna go poop before we get on this flight and he's like he's like, Well, I mean, okay, he's like he's like the little bathrooms on there are like a little shack. He's like, Do you really want one of those girls walking in the bathroom after you poop after you've been cooped up on this airplane for so long and like look you in the eye and see that you've done it? And it was like, ah, but what you should really be worried about is walking in after she poops. <laughs> right? I was thinking the same, kind of like, I'd rather poop here now just so I don't have to poop in that small bathroom with other people and their smells in that small bathroom and shit. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it was funny what they were saying, but, like, they never stopped to think that they might walk in after one of those girls pooped. Uh, yeah, I think it would be hilarious if I dropped a gnarly-ass stinker in there and then a chick walked in, so... Yeah, that's the difference, I guess. You should be like, I got healthy, I got healthy gut bacteria. Thank you very much. I'm just pulling Ace Ventura and be like, do not go in there. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Had I been drinking from it, I could have been killed. 
Exactly. So he has that so, basically uh, that night terror, which is pretty wild because you know they kind of showed the plane ripping apart and everyone getting sucked out of the plane, which was very Fight Club esque to me too, right? When you know like he's having the fantasy about dying uh, on a flight, like it was very much yeah. in line with that, like right how you see the plane rip apart in in there. So, and I love that scene in that movie because he's just like fantasizing about that happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just like fucking just do it. He's like, yeah, this would be sick. And then I like how after the the crash, they're immediately like questioning these kids. Like nowadays, they would have fucking like arrested them and put them in a psych ward. Be like, how the fuck did you know about that? They'd have been investigating them for blowing up the airplane. Um, you know, because like have I you said, ever seen the... what was that? I was gonna say pre nine eleven. Like it's a whole different thing. You know, just like uh, you know, even Meet the Parents makes a reference to that. Is uh, like you can't say bomb on an airplane, right? There's just certain things like post 9-11 like there's a lot of a lot of stuff that just changed culturally so uh i don't think i mean i think that would have been much more scrutinized right and you can't tell a story if the kid just gets locked up and put in the psycho ward so yeah or they're investigating him or like when they let him go later on after he goes back and it's like hey uh, you know i know who's next like the next victim and you're like oh okay like they would have followed that motherfucker over there and yeah that's what i was thinking there's a couple little points like that where i was like these fbi agents are retarded and stupid assholes and it's just the writing yeah uh, it's clearly the writing just use the nut just one more pass on that script just one more yeah a little polish like i mean i guess once you take Mulder and scully out of the uh the roles there for the fbi agents then it becomes a lot less interesting um you know right. just like if you would have Mulder had- would have been like fucking all over that shit Oh yeah, and he would have, you know, he would have had a hundred percent buy-in on that kid having the vision. Yeah, so, like why did he have that vision? So I still think that would have been a cool concept to have them on there, right? So, right. Um, and then they start killing off the other characters. Like the one guy slips and chokes in the bathroom, and like they keep doing this thing where they foreshadow, like you think you're going to get instant death and gratification, and you they don't. do that throughout these the whole time, and it gets worse and worse. Yeah. Like, there's some movies where there's just, there's 50 million things that you think they're going to die from, and it's just so that they can kill them in a slightly more unexpected way. But sometimes, you know, like, the one of the most famous ones is from the third movie, there's a girl who dies in a tanning bed. Oh, uh, okay. Like, she's laying in it, and there's a billion different things you think that it's going to kill her until, you're obviously thinking, she's going to die in the tanning bed, really. Especially if you've seen the other movies and you know that they tease you with other shit until they get to the big death. Yeah. But they, she dies in a fucking tanning bed and then, <clears throat> you know, like it gets turned up so hot that the glass breaks and she falls on the bulbs and there's, it's hot and bloody and oh, shit, yeah. you know. Broken glass and it, oh, yeah. So. Yeah, no, so this one, like that whole bathroom scene, like right there, like, oh, I'm like, oh, fuck, is he going to get blown through and get smashed his head in the toilet? Or like in the ceiling in the bathroom? Is he going like to cut his throat? Toilet explodes? Yeah. Because I hadn't is seen he this fall in so long. And jam those scissors up his nose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is he gonna trip then? Like this? You think he's gonna trip? Like he cuts himself shaving. So there's all these little things that add up, and then he trips on a fucking metal wire and strangles himself. And you're like, uh, I didn't really like and that death. That death kind of pissed me off. I'm like, where's this metal wire coming from in the bathroom? Like they don't really explain that very well. Oh, that wire? It's um, it was the clothes hanger. Yeah, I've had a one like that before. Okay, I mean, I guess like, so. I had that at my um, place in Phoenix at one point, where it, like, 
they have them in sometimes in cruise ships and hotels and shit, you know, just a little string thing that you stretch across. I don't think it was metal, but yeah, I, don't I mean, to me, that either. that death was very unsatisfying for the movie. Like, there's so many other cool things you could have done. Like when he fell I, down, in the, um, like when he fell down in the bathtub, I thought they could have just had him like knock his eye or part of his skull out, like on the bathtub faucet, instead of like choking to death on this thing. Like I thought that would have been a much more gruesome, entertaining death to me. But I don't know. I was pretty fucking horrified rewatching this. Even I kept looking away because this is a really horrifying death to watch. I think and imagine and shit. So it it fucked with me enough that I was like, wow. If something has me looking away, I'm like, they, they're doing a good job with it. If I'm feeling really uncomfortable watching it, and it's a horror movie, bravo, you've done your job. And not a lot of horror movies do that to me. So when somebody does that, it's usually a random death scene like this, or a movie like Tusk that does it. A lot of body horror movies like Tusk and Videodrome and shit like that. Human Centipede, that's what really unsettles me. But I've never watched Human Centipede, because it's also just too gross and gnarly and i'm not into that so yeah i've heard things about that and I just, rant i haven't watched it i'm not going to watch it it just sounds fucking gross like people eating people's fecal matter mm-hmm. just sounds like it sounds like almost pornographic in a way that like someone was like into that to sit down and think and write about that and they're almost like nah that's just, <laughs> it's just fucking gross and then you wonder why all the fucking new kids in these days are into eating ass and stuff well they watched the human centipede and i guess they really fucking took it and ran with it <laughs> Um, we don't got to go anymore now. Uh, and if you eat ass, don't be offended by that. I'm just saying from my perspective, but psychologically <laughs> speaking, it might be because you watched Human Centipede and really just, you know, it set that seed in your brain to, uh, to go down that route. But dental dams, kids, dental dams are good for those sorts of things. Speaking of dental dams. <laughs> no, I don't have a, oh I don't have God, a segue for that. No, um, uh, we have a little bit of a new segment while we're going to be covering all of the upcoming marketing and merchandise for the release of Ghostbusters Afterlife next year. So um, let's move into that segment with a little bit of a segue here. Uh, how about some? Uh, how about some music? Hey, kids. Alec here with the Frog Brothers Podcast, reminding you to check out our YouTube, where we have exclusive mail time videos featuring collectibles, toys, comics, VHS, rare DVDs, shirts, pins, and more. Be sure to hit subscribe. Hit us up on Facebook and Instagram to see live unboxing videos and daily updates. You can find all of our podcast episodes up on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most places where podcasts are available. Keep an eye out for merchandise in the future. And remember, Second Shelf is mine. That's where I keep my root beers and double thick Oreo cookies. Nobody touches the Second Shelf but me. Watching Cable 10, Somerville, Oklahoma, Access Channel. Ghostbusters, this week in the world of Ghostbusters, Hasbro PulseCon is coming up a little over a week. Um, so, 
I believe they're going to be releasing Tully's Terrible Night for sale during that. Am I correct in that? Yep, and then they've also acknowledged that, like, if you pay, I think by September 21st, if you pay the $50 fee to be a, the premium Pulse subscriber, um, you get early access to some of those pre-sales starting the 22nd and 23rd, uh, two days in advance of the actual PulseCon. So I don't know how that's going to work, um, because then, like, what's the point of having a con if people that are paying can, like, buy that and spoil and share all the photos from it? So... I don't think they thought that out very well. Um, I mean, they probably yeah. should have had the Pulse members be able to buy stuff those first two days that and upsets have the me. general public two days after, right? Or day one, whatever is available that day or mentioned you could do. But to me, this just seems like a marketing snafu. It was like, what are you thinking? My blood pressure is rising as we talk about this because I didn't even know that. So oh, now yeah. I'm like, shit. Are we going to have to... How many... Do they have limits on this shit? Are you going to be able to only order one? Uh, it's to be determined, man. Uh, no, nothing, none of that's been released yet. So I guess my only hesitation with that is the way they've handled the Spangler one and some of their other releases recently right. where, like, you are the toy manufacturer. Your distribution chain should ensure that you guys have first take on supplies, especially if you took pre-orders first. Yeah. Um, I, I think they kind of screwed the pooch on that. I mean, but at the same time, if it's the only way to get some of their stuff, like Tully's Terrible Night... Mm-hmm. You're not gonna have any options. You have to pull right? that trigger you, you somehow. Just, you just fucking have to do it, right? So, I mean, expect a delayed shipment again with that. Maybe I, I don't know. I mean, the product's gonna be good. Like, don't I don't have any issues with that, right? But I also, just... I think we will be okay for Tully's terrible night. I don't think that's gonna be selling out super quick. I'm not saying it won't sell out, but I don't think that's going to be one of the first things to go or anything, like, within minutes or hours or anything, you know? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I would say, like, some of the Transformers and some of the other brand stuff may be a little different. And then I know Hasbro's bringing back some other brand of something I didn't recognize. They posted a teaser photo earlier, so... Ah, shit. Yeah, and I have to worry about fucking Power Rangers, too. Yeah, they've got a lot of brands, Damn. man. Star Wars stuff, you never know what they're going to release, so... Um, I just hope these toy companies learn right. And I realize it's very difficult to be a toy company right now because if you're working with a retailer on an exclusive release, that's difficult anyway. Like, look at all the Target releases that are through NECA. And, you know, NECA's kind of changed their tune by releasing stuff separately on their own, right? You know, now they've done some pre-orders directly through their site that's open for a week to ensure that the public can get what they want. And I think that's pretty yeah. awesome. So I just hope Hasbro's able to to do that with some of these items. Um, and the big thing is, it's like, yeah, shipping's inconvenient, but you just need to make it worth it to the consumer because I would say, like, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I'm happy with Hasbro that they have the Ghostbusters license. They've done some awesome stuff so far. Like, so far, everything that's gone wrong doesn't seem to be necessarily anyone's issue, right? Some of that was Walmart's issue. Some of that was a trademark issue for who you're going to call. Yeah, so. so... So there's multiple things involved in there, right? And you just have to step back and look at it. Like, you know, first of all, this is a business that has operations to run. And, you know... Yeah, there, it's a fucking toy company, and we're in a pandemic. You have to understand these things, too. It's just a fucking hunk of plastic, also. Settle your tits down a little bit. Yeah, I just think that, you know, hopefully that this goes Not off you, without Not you, I'm just a, saying in general, people. Yeah, hopefully this goes off without a hitch, and stuff ships and, and kind of rolls out as expected. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I guess my thing would have been like, you know, if Hasbro had said right away, 
hey, you know, we're going to, you know, in, in mid-August, hey, like, hey, it looks like this isn't going to roll out as soon as we thought it was. You know, here's an update. But it was after people started saying that they got theirs early, especially like in the UK and some places where the shipping time wasn't, you know, the shipping right. wasn't the same. Right. So, I'm, I mean, I'm not super yeah. stressed on that, but it's like if you buy something, you just have the anticipation of wanting it. So I just think there's that yeah. piece to it. I didn't even pre-order the damn thing. I mean, now, I actually did, but like only by like a couple days, and then that being I got said, before everyone else. So that being said, I did email Hasbro about my address change because I didn't want to get charged extra for something getting shipped to my old address and then forwarding over or getting returned to sender. Like I had another item I'd done a pre pre sale on, and it got actually returned to the shipper in, uh, instead of being forwarded to my new address. And it shipped USPS, so just trying to figure that piece out. You know, it said it was undeliverable yeah. over there, so that's my main concern. But I emailed them, emailed Hasbro customer service or whatever their customer service email address over two weeks ago, and I still haven't seen an update. Like it, that was like August twenty seventh or something like that, maybe. And I had no response yet. And they're like, "Hey, don't make, don't open up more than one claim for your stuff." So I respected that, but at the same time, I'm like, uh a little worried on that front but hopefully they'll get it together like i said you know try to give everyone the benefit of the doubt times are strange times are tough try not to be a dickhead about stuff but at the same time it just you're investing money in something you just want to make sure you get it right the first time and that's that's kind of where i'm at with it so i did order the uh back to the future animated series figures from NECA's ebay store all three of those there's only three so so what other Ghostbusters news do we have? Um, we don't have much other than um, how was that birthday party? And how's the toaster build going? Uh, toaster build, I haven't done anything with. Um, I need to look into some videos on that. And then we did a birthday party with the Midland Empire Ghostbusters on Sunday. And the day before that, some of the members went out and did a a train event in Atchison, Kansas, which is pretty cool. They invited us back for uh, a Halloween event, so they're able to socially distance and kind of interact with some oh, people nice. there that were there for some train stuff. So trying to have some sense of normalcy there, but while while doing all that sort of thing. So like the birthday party we're at, there's only the one kid. Um, it was pretty cool. It was fun just to gear up and, and take everything out. Like Nick has his roof rack on there, so... Um, yeah. And it's Ecto-1A style. So driving around, man, before, like we'd get a lot of looks... Um, but specifically this time, man, with that roof rack on there, like just the people taking videos, slowing down to look at you, wave at you, honk at you. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. So people definitely love Ghostbusters and that's always a good feeling to see that they appreciate what yeah. you're doing out there. I guess the only other news piece I have and not to Kurt, you know, start controversy or worry anybody, but you know, Sony came out and said that they're not going to release, you know, anything over a $200 million budget um, until theaters resume normal operations. Yeah. Which, who the fuck even knows what that means at this point? Yeah, and so there's a, there's a few things. At first, I kind of had some worry. I'm like, well, I don't know what the budget was. I haven't really discussed that too much yet. But based off of Answer the Call and the overinflation of budget there, I think this movie is much more balanced. Um Based I, got, on, I would say this movie is probably a hundred million, maybe hundred thirty or something. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine it being that crazy. But at the same time, you maybe, know, maybe maybe even like eighty million. You know, and people were saying they were worried about um, 
you know, like Tenet was like the first like big, big production that was dipping their toes in the water with it. But I think they've already recovered, you know, they've already made 120 million. And, you know, that's really not terrible considering how few theaters that's playing on and how, and how that's that, actually open. Um, and that includes, I think, the international box office as well, which has done significantly. Okay, that's that's amount. why because in America it's done twenty million. Oh, okay. which um, I only know that because I heard Kevin Smith talk about it because he was saying uh, that's fucking Kevin Smith numbers, not Christopher Nolan numbers. And I just thought that was funny, but yeah, I can't remember the article I read. He earlier said it today. was doing it was doing really well over, overseas, just as everybody is in the pandemic in general because they did shit right. Yeah, so well, that's called... Put on your mask and keep social distancing, motherfuckers. Yep. And I'll get over my stutter. So that was my big thing. It's like, I, I don't anticipate that delaying, but it could, right? When I look at what some other films have done, um, the new Candyman remake <sighs> was delayed indefinitely. They don't even have a new release date for that. Wonder yeah. Woman in... Let's see, there's... Wonder Woman's, what, December now? Yeah, I got moved from October to December, and there's something else, but... The other thing was, like, Top Gun went from December to the next July, which mm-hmm. the budget they spent on that, right, is way more than Ghostbusters, I'm sure, right, to work with the military on that and to do all those flight sequences and oh, everything else. Yeah. Um, I well, know just Tom Cruise is worth more money than anybody in Ghostbusters Afterlife in terms of what he's going to want to get paid for a movie and shit, too. So. Yeah, and so, like, seeing that delayed, that makes sense, right? That's kind of a... I mean... A December release on that would have been fine for me because, like, you don't have a Star Wars style movie coming out this this winter. Um, but everyone yeah. just kind of playing, everyone just jockeying for positions right now. So um, I guess we'll just wait and see. Like, I wouldn't go into a panic yet because we've still got several months ahead. It depends on how, honestly, it depends on how people act and behave through cold and flu season basically right does this stuff get worse again like really bad or does it get better or is it maintained or what so um there's just so many variables in there right now that i i wouldn't say don't get too worried on it right now but the fact of the matter is the more time they have um it can't be terrible right so i guess the only thing for me which you know i think kind of Yes, have some mentioned when they're talking about uh, Bill and Ted was that they they weren't able to do any real reshoots because when they're editing, like COVID was going on, so they couldn't do any reshoots. So they kind of had to use what they had available for footage, which you know makes sense. I, I get that. So I'm especially just, when you're a low budget movie. Yeah, and I'm just thinking like, so what is Afterlife? Do they have a lot of pickup shots, or do they just did they just shoot enough in advance that they didn't really have much? I mean, what is Bill and Ted's budget? Three million dollars, I think. So, uh, I thought it was wow, uh, you know it was pretty low. It was pretty low. I don't think they. I don't think any of the actors made a lot of money on it. So, was um, it that or was it like ten or fifteen? I maybe? think it was like ten. I'm maybe. not sure. Yeah. But either way, yeah, I mean, actually, I think you're right. It was ten or fifteen. You're, I mean, you're going to look at it. And so either way, this movie's going to come out. Is it going to be inconvenient if it gets delayed again? Yeah. Are they going to be able to delay toys again and stuff like that? It, it's going to be harder and harder to delay supply chain stuff. So. That's where you're going to see things go, right? I mean, <sighs> um, I'm getting anxiety. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I think we'll be okay by then. But you know, you just kind of see what everyone else is doing. People are being more proactive now, just knowing that our leadership. Tell me. 
in this country Tell hasn't been great. Tell me about the rabbits. Yeah. Tell me about them goddamn Tell rabbits, about the George. Rabbits, George. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me so. about the Ghostbusters Afterlife, George. So I think that's Someday good. Someday we'll be seeing Ghostbusters Afterlife in a theater. Yep. <laughs> Someday, somehow... So that's it for Ghostbusters, uh, whatever. Updates this week, he said as he yawned. We do have some more Ghostbusters talk, though. Of course we do, because it's time for... We now return to the real Ghostbusters. Diane, 11.30 a.m., February 24th. Entering the town of Twin Peaks. Episode by Episode. This week, Extreme Ghostbusters, Episode 19, Bird of Prey. So, uh, this one, another kind of middle of the road episode. Not top tier, not awful. Good stuff in it. Um,. I do kind of like the lore of the episode, how they go into some shit about uh, Norse mythology and shit, you know? Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Like, to me, I, I had fun with that piece. The only thing that was kind of weird was, you know, they're trying to say they're, like, in Scandinavia and, and stuff and, like, where this family's at, and then you're, like, realize they're just, like, upstate New York, basically. So you're, like, okay, like, yeah. I, the accent's being weird and stuff, so it's... Yeah, that was very weird. Yeah, it's... Uh. There's some things on this, like to me, this this episode is very by their platform, like by design, to me, right? So it does this typical thing where a young person has a problem, they use something supernatural, they think they can help solve it, and wind up unleashing something ancient, causing a problem, Ghostbusters come in and solve it. Um, I will say, you know, like, because this had some very, like, similar vibes to... Uh, the Jersey Devil episode, right? Um, I did like this character design much better for um, Raisvelg or whatever, however the hell you say that. Yeah. I had to turn on closed captioning to figure out how to spell the, what the fuck they were talking about because, you know, I figured they're basing that off real real folklore, which they typically do, so. Yeah. But there's, there's some fun stuff in the episode. I did like how it was... Um, you know, this thing kind of was kind of a weather god to some degree. Um, yeah. The tornado when it was kind of fun, but it it was kind of very bland in the grand scheme of things for me, right? Yeah. I'd had a, a moment when the fucking thing first showed up and it kind of felt like you're watching a Jurassic Park movie with Ghostbusters in it. Because it even sounds like a shitty cartoon sound effect of a dinosaur. Yeah, the the sound effects for that are very typical of the time, right? You know, it's like Jurassic Park kind of set that standard, and then everyone else is trying to mimic that for any kind of creature effects sounds afterwards. Um, yeah. Which I don't, I don't hate really? by any means, but, like, it's hard to live up to what some of those other sounds were for a low-budget show, so. Yeah, it's just a sound that you can hear throughout this series, couple different times, couple times manipulated with other sounds and shit. But at the same time, there's certain things in this episode that felt very 2020 to me. They're talking about, yeah, um, you know, like record highs and lows, like within the same week. 
and you know you kind of see them lounging around in their underwear or just like real casual clothes that you don't normally see the characters in hanging out at the firehouse like being miserable right. and they're toying with the equipment because of the humidity and the heat and egon's concerned with that so kind of an interesting concept you know some of this i don't know for a for a, the show's format they add a fair amount of stuff in there that they just never have time to really develop right you're looking at about 23 minutes an episode plus intro credits and then sometimes the soft opening stuff right so you don't really get more than 20 minutes of an episode so you've got to like bang out your whole story in that that time so yeah um i get why they do what they do with it you know but it just felt like felt like everyone was kind of taken off to write some of these now that said there were some funny lines in there um you know the the banter between Garrett and Edward is always funny. Like to me, like that's one of the highlights of the show is like how well that's kind of done. Um, but that being yeah. said, they also kind of underutilize Roland to some degree. And then, uh, Kylie's kind of hit or miss with how much they have her and things. Yeah, for sure. And um, then there was, I don't it know would if it be was... funny to see them have a, well, I mean, they've done it now. But it would have been funny back then to see the black person actually be funny for a change. Yeah, there's... I mean, Winston's funny, but in a different way. He's not Bill Murray funny or anything, you know. It's yeah, a and they... completely different style. And they try to do something a little bit different, right? You know, he's kind of like the tech nerd, the kind of the... You know, he's kind yeah. of that combination of Egon and Ray. And so I, I did appreciate that they do that, but I just felt like for all the diversity and stuff they put in the, the series, you know, there's a few things that are kind of hit or miss just with writing of it. And that's probably just from different writers trying to write these characters. And you don't, you ever only had one season to really work with. So, I mean, you didn't really get to develop a lot of those things and there was no movie or anything that came before, like really set these characters, personas and stuff out. So you had a good grasp of who they are and you could write for those people based on what you'd seen. Now, one thing that I did find funny was when this thing torches the Ecto one, and then they're driving in the Ecto one a few minutes later, and it's like dented. I'm like, well, that thing was on a fucking full on fire. How the hell is that even drivable? So mm-hmm. it's just some like little oversight shit in there, right? And it's nothing like too I mean, distracting. You've seen planes, trains, and automobiles. That thing was on full on fire, and then they drove it. Yeah. Do you think that this the automobile is safe for highway travel? <laughs> I, I do. I, I really, I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I can't let you continue on in this vehicle. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, the other thing that I thought was pretty cool in this episode was like when the dragon breaks through, and I'm just going to call him a dragon, is when he basically mm-hmm. breaks his head through a creature feature movie into the movie theater, like as there's a creature on there and you see everyone in the crowd wearing 3D glasses. Yeah. Because 3D movies weren't even a thing at the time, so the fact that they like went through the trouble of animating that was like oddly strange to me, but uh, it was also very satisfying Like see something break through a movie. I like it when you like have a play of like real life crossing over with the movies like that. I get a kick out of that right. shit. So. They clearly did the 3D glasses, so it's like a joke on things coming out of the screen at you. It's like oh, it's yeah. coming at me. Yeah, exactly. I, I get why they did it. So, But, yeah. And then they let Slimer... I mean, they do that in Gremlins, you know. Yeah. So. so then Slimer has kind of a bigger role in this one than he usually does, right? So he kind of brings the scepter out to try to help stop this thing and winds up reviving this monster, comes back, and then yeah. goes on a rampage again after that, and Slimer's like, oh, fucked up. That's what I was going to say. They kind of introduce his arc at the beginning of the episode where no one wants to hang out with him because he's not important and shit. 
Yeah. So it's a really tiny background B story arc, but it's there. Yeah, yeah, they, they they try to mix some of those layers in there, right? And then he comes back, but then there's another continuity error, which little shit like as a kid you don't really think about, but like watching it now, I'm just like, okay, you guys could have you guys could have made a few changes and really made this much, much better. Like after Slimer goes in to sacrifice and stop the tornado after they catch this dragon, Slimer's up there getting sucked around this tornado, and then they they think, you know, like I think Ro- uh, Roland says, oh, he sacrifices afterlife to save our lives. Which is kind of a uh-huh. funny sentence to say anyway. You're just like, I mean, what do, what do you think happens to a ghost? You think he got sucked to another parallel dimension? And he was wearing right. the proton pack, and then like he comes crashing down and slimes Eduardo, and the proton pack's nowhere in sight. So my question is, where the fuck is that proton pack? Yeah. Like, where'd yeah, it go? It's just gone. It just disappears. And then, you know, Eddie's even getting sentimental, much like Peter would in certain episodes, you know, like, I would say Slimer's almost like a cat, right? Um, because cats can be assholes when they want to be, but, like, you still always, like, care for your cat, right? Um, you care for your, you know, your pets, but your cats, like, even when they're buttheads, you're still like, all right, whatever, I get it, you're a cat, like, right, that's just how you operate. You're, you're, not, you're yeah. not blindly loyal, but that's kind of how Slimer is in some of these, like, right, where... He annoys the fuck out of them at times, but every time, like, something's, like, really at risk for him or something like that, they always, like, have that change of heart. And so, you know, Eduardo's getting sentimental about him and, like, man, he saved, you know, he saved us. And then then he immediately gets slimed. And then, you know, Kylie smooches on Slimer, which uh, that was another weird part of this episode. But, hey, it's the 90s. What do you expect? It made me feel weird in my downstairs special swimsuit place. <laughs> If that's what you call it. I thought that was your OnlyFans special. And I call it my Slimer. No comment. Yeah. Either that or I'll call it my Ivan Ooze. That's more appropriate. Because <laughs> it's purple. <laughs> it's purple and even, fucking veiny. I can't even say that. <laughs> I just had to stop. You can say it. No, I can't say it. <laughs> I can't say it. You're sick, Mob. You know what Purple and sick. veiny. Uh, if you guys ever thought we were like a PG-rated podcast, uh, we probably proved you wrong. If your wrong parents try to stop you, time, just throw it in again. their faces. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You're gonna go to hell when he you said die. It. You're gonna go to hell when you die. You're gonna go to hell when you die. And so am I. Yeah, well, the devil gives sweet ass hand jobs, man. That's what I heard. He, he you know. He invented warming lubrication. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna detail. I was gonna go into detail about the anal pleasures that he provides you while he hand jobs you, but I'm not gonna do that for the sake of our listeners. But that'll be on your OnlyFans later. Yeah, that's the Halloween special. What else is going on with you? Nothing too wild, man. Just uh, excited for your move to come up here. Ready to get back into action on some stuff. You know, so I built that proton pack, my Novos proton pack. And, like, I'm constantly, like, still going through doing things to it. And I'm like, okay, it's going to be perfect, right? Because there's a lot of people that have built one. And then they'll just, like, start building another and another and stuff. And I'm just like, I'd rather just upgrade the one I have. Like, I'm pretty happy with it overall. Um 
So like I added a real dill resistor on it, and then I added some... Because the way the motherboard screws onto this one isn't like movie accurate, which is weird considering it's an officially licensed Proton Pack. Um, <laughs> so riddle me that, Batman. But I added some of the uh, hex head nuts or bolts on there to uh, to thread it in. So I, I faked a few of those just to be more movie accurate with the looks. And then I'm looking yeah. at some other actual real resistors on there. So and then constantly upgrading the... Uh, um, spirit pack as well. There's definitely things on there that I've I've upgraded and changed recently. Like I got rid of the old crank knob that was on there. I had it just sitting behind my my um, resin cast replica, you know. But you had to keep it at the same angle to hide it. And I finally just busted out the Dremel and Dremel that out and kind of filled it in and did some touch up paint on it. And so, just really enjoying the process of working on those props again. And yeah wanting to do more of that like i've also got some star lord stuff i want to fix up like the blasters and things like that so it's be kind of getting to cool cool season and stuff like that you know i've got some winter projects that i'll i'll have to keep me going and stuff like that so yeah just because like you know i i I like that creative (laughs) outlet but at the same time this podcast is very satisfying for that too so um I don't feel like I'm ever just like sitting around completely bored with nothing creative to do. Like there's always multiple things going on. Right. And then like, I've got that, uh, Gibson and Barnes flight suit that I was kind of upgrading. So, uh, trying to make that as movie accurate as possible. So I restitched on my no ghost logo on that and my name badge and just need to figure out what I'm going to do with, uh, the, uh, leg hose connector on there. So I was talking to Nick about it, right. Of, on my current suit that I had before that, I had it, you know, set up so I could Velcro it on there, but I didn't try that in an event. But another member of ours said, you know, he had some issues with that. Some guys had said they tried magnets before, um, but I was thinking of, like, putting a magnet in a pocket so it wouldn't fall off in the back if someone bumps your leg because Nick had said that, you know, if someone bumped into the leg hose, the magnet would drop off on the back side of the suit and the hose would fall off on the other side, so... I'm thinking there's a pretty easy way to engineer something better for that and make it available. Yeah. My uh, mine 3D printed one, I just... I think I told you I just sewed it on there because I was like, fuck it. Plus the hose comes out of it, so I don't have to... Uh, whenever I wash it, it'll be fine. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I've thought about just getting more, like, leg hose connectors, right? But, I mean, some of them, like, a good one that actually looks good, some is usually between, like, 20 to 25 bucks, so it just, like... Well, do I want to buy that for every costume, or do I want to be able to make it over? And then my big thing is just I don't want to wear out the suits unnecessarily by throwing that through the washer and dryer with that on it all the time, which if you turn it inside out, it's not a big of a deal, I guess. But, um, you know, if you've been to a con, mm-hmm. you know there's definitely some like serious BO stuff at a con, so you never want to be the fucking stinky person. So you want that fucking clean jumpsuit, so... You're fresh, presentable, approachable, you know, like you're there to make people smile, have a good time, have a good time yourself. You don't want to be like somebody that smells. So those are always the types of things in there, like keeping that stuff fresh, pressed, nice. So, but I am looking forward to having you up here so we can work on some of those props together. You know, like there's definitely things I think we can do to your a note or to your spirit pack to make it look much better and then obviously we're going to work on some larger props and building some props so as we start doing these things expect some videos once I get my Spangler wand in um, 
I've got a few things on that that I'll immediately upgrade. So, and then for anyone that's interested, so I've 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 seen a couple of things on there. So, and and I'm not sure which movie it is off the top of my head without looking it up, but one of the Spangler packs in the movie had two of the same clippered valves, two of the R331s. Um Mm-hmm. And that's the shorter one that doesn't thread out as far. It's like a it's like a short short thread on it, so it threads close to the the end of the the valve there. And then the seven oh one sticks out a little bit further on that, which is typically what you see on the wand itself. But based on what I've seen from the movie and from what a few other people have said, that the Spangler wand is based on the wand from the movie where it's got two of the uh, 331s on it and it's not a 701 but I bought a 701 to put on that Spangler one just so I have a real one on there right because we talked before like how much that was bothering me I'm like man that thing just doesn't look good at all like the shape's off on it it doesn't look accurate um, I'm yeah. surprised even Clipper like a lot <clears> of <throat> it's the to, worst thing on there it, it is hands down it's the worst thing right um, and then there's that other button at the end by that orange hat light that I'm going to put a real one on there. So I know somebody said they tried to do that or were thinking about it, but they thought there was some wiring underneath it. So um, we'll see. Um, I don't I don't have any problem with making it look more like a movie prop on that one. So Right. But I do want to upgrade that. So I'll probably do some videos on that, just kind of showing you what I'm doing for upgrades. And then um, I've already seen some people take some some of those wands apart and show you what you can upgrade. So like GBFans.com did a pretty awesome pick showing like all the aluminum yeah. parts and upgraded parts that he has available, readily available that fit from his shop right onto those. So there's some cool stuff you can upgrade if you're into that, right? So um, and still keep GB it News has a really good video on how to take it apart and stuff too. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot. Of, I think that's. That's pretty exciting for a lot of people in the Ghostbusters community right now, right? There's just it's the first afterlife merchandise. It's something different. It's something to play with and mod and, and get used to. So I'm definitely looking yeah. forward to that. Um, and then you know making it look a little bit more accurate. I know there's people that just for wanted sure. that for all the functionality of it and didn't care that it was even from afterlife, but they wanted to upgrade the grips on both ends to like movie one style grips. Mm-hmm. Which I totally understand that, right? For that price point, it would be hard to beat beat that, right? And just to modify those, so. Yeah, I've seen it done a lot of ways. I've already seen somebody literally just spray paint the wooden barrel black. Yep, and I've seen people... And that tuck. actually didn't look terrible. It just looked different and customized in a different way, so. Yeah, and I've seen uh, some people cut, like, the, the, the fake tape off the back of there, which... Uh, mm-hmm you know, doesn't have the real wand grip all the way through it, which is, right, I get it, right? If you're going to put that tape on there, why do that through the whole way through? Um, Although I do think that is the second worst thing about the wand. Yeah, but at the same time, when you look at it, like, Hasbro has that there. They could easily just do another version with a different grip on there and have the same rest of the parts. So I wouldn't wouldn't count them out from releasing a Ghostbusters 1-style, like, classic Neutrona wand that's from the original movies. Um, I would like to see a slime blower. At least the gun, that'd be cool. Yeah, and uh, I guess we'll just wait and see what Hasbro's got in store. So I just think there's a lot of cool things going on with that, and then we've got some mashups going on, or some things we're talking about doing. Like, and I still want to get some 
new patches made up for our podcast, and then we're going to order some more patches for the Midland Empire Ghostbusters. We, I know we did an order of enamel pins for the Midland Empire Ghostbusters, so just stuff like that to uh, do some fundraising and just have some more merch out there available because people are always asking for it. And you know, I ordered a bunch of bookmarks yeah. and buttons um, before the pandemic, right before Planet last beginning of the year that yeah. got uh, delayed. So Planet Comic Con's the big Comic Con in Kansas City, so. I guess we'll just kind of wait and see. But we're going to have a lot more video content once uh, Alec is relocated up here and just try to try to manage the channels that way. Just um, Obviously, we'll be keeping the podcast as is, but we'll have some video podcasts and some other things and just some extra content. Like, we'll really have the YouTube channel as kind of a secondary channel for for content that just goes along with the podcast. So we want to be able yep. to show that out there, right? Um so, but what else is going on with you besides packing and getting ready to move up here? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Just uh, dealing with the stress of that, the anxiety. But uh, as Ted Mosby and How I Met Your Mother once said, something about uh, you know you're doing uh, something right if you're afraid to do it, basically. So. Yes, that's like a a jump-off point, right? Living in your comfort zone, you're never going to get to the next level. Yeah, so... And that's why, you know... That's how I know I'm doing the right thing, so... A healthy fear there, right? So I think that's good. I come up there and... Yeah, well, it's it's just because, you know, I'm coming up there without... 100% without 100% a job or, obviously, a, a real place to live. And I'm coming up there to find those, so... And I, I've never really had trouble doing either of those things, so I should be fine. Nah, you'll you'll have it, and it'll just allow us to do more with this, and uh, really kind of grow the brand of what we're doing here. You know, like it's it's a lot of fun. Hopefully, the listeners are enjoying it as well too. And that'd be another thing, like right, if you give us a five star review on iTunes or any of the yeah things that allow you to do a review, it just helps with people doing that. Um, as far as noticeability and visibility in there, right, and recommendations based on what you liked, you know, and so that's why we're always trying to have yeah. a fairly detailed podcast description. Um, so, but expect yeah, some more tell, exciting tell things you, coming from us. Tell your friends about us and shit, you know? Yep. People who would like this kind of a podcast, let them know, hey, there's this kind of podcast. I mean, half the time all they do is talk about Alex only fans and RC Cola, but exactly. So the other thing I know I talked about Alf a lot. I'd mentioned our uh, mixtape project, and I think for us that's going to be something we do this winter, probably after we finish up all the Halloween content. Um, and if you don't have a cassette tape player and you want to get into that, like Walmart's got one for like twenty five bucks that I think has an aux in, Bluetooth, and does does several things there, so there's some brand new cassette decks available for for those types of purposes. So just to make that kind of old school mixtape. So I know we're talking about doing that and mailing them around to people. So I just think that'd yeah, be kind of a fun of way to mail some stuff around and like provide some cheer because they're also selling blank cassette tapes at Walmart as well now. So yep, right next to them. Yep, and I think Target's even got some tape decks and stuff in there now. Like there's definitely some nostalgia value to that and just. I mean, hell, even some of, like, the second-hand stores that did not used to, like, there's a place near me called Vintage Stock, there's a couple of them, and they started carrying cassette tapes. Um, 
and they didn't used to for the huh. longest time they didn't have audio cassettes right it was like they just weren't there they'd buy your vinyl or your cds but now they have even the cassette tapes which is just kind of Do a sign of the times i mean it's like our vhs collecting right you just want that physical format um some of it's for Do the they nostalgia have VHS there now uh, I don't think they really have much VHS, but you know they do have like laser discs and certain things like that. And I, they do have some of the Disney VHS tapes, like in the clamshells there. Um, just kind of depends on what location you go to. So, but there's still other like toy stores around, like uh, Mockingbird Lane out in Lawrence. They're getting ready to move to a new location, but he has some VHS tapes yeah. that he sells. So, yeah, I bought from Dust Till Dawn from him. Yeah, so a lot of cool stuff going on out there. And obviously, if you got anything you want us to mention on the podcast. As we grow our fan base and our listenership, if you got something you want us to advertise for you, something local, especially in the Kansas City area, or maybe you're working on a movie yourself, something you want us to mention, we'd definitely be happy to uh, give some shout-outs to those things there. You know, we talk about the places we like, Screenland Armor, 1313 Mockingbird Lane, just some of the cool local places that we're lucky to have. Um, so if you got something like that you want us to mention or check out, you know, throw it out at us. We'll, we'll give it a shot. Mention it on there if we like it. and do those things we want to we want to build a community around what we're doing because we really enjoy this so yep um well we're about two hours in so we'll probably uh, end this episode this week i was gonna but, say that um, pretty much wraps up what i got so i hope everyone's having an amazing week out there we've got a pretty fucking excellent action-packed spooky season we've got everything planned out alec and i went through and planned that last week and he did a teaser up on our instagram and facebook so you can see what that's all about but we've got some good stuff in the works so we're excited to get so that this up this is you. yeah just for you guys listening to this right now a special uh little uh little glimpse at next week we're covering from dusk till dawn and tusk um as well as our top five halloween costumes we wore growing up did you, uh, did you mean what you said back there? You said back there? <laughs> I got it so fucked up. Uh, I know. That's Quentin Tarantino at his finest. Yeah. All right, kids. We will talk to you next week. Enjoy the show. Hope you guys have an awesome week. And we will we'll return next Tuesday. <laughs> Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow. These are my dinner guests. The Frog Brothers. Frog Brothers. Frog Brothers. These are my dinner guests. Frog Brothers. Frog Brothers. Frog Brothers. These are my dinner guests. The Frog Brothers. Frog Brothers. Frog Brothers. These are my dinner guests. Frog Brothers. Frog Brothers. Frog Brothers. Shut this off. Shut these all off.